Welcome to a brand new March Madness episode of the Bull Tech Podcast. I'm Austin Hill with me as always, Austin Waiter. And, you know, we got some exciting stuff coming up tomorrow as of this recording. Uh, we've got the Sweet 16, the tournament resumes, and it's going to be another fun day of college basketball. Yes, it will be. Yes, it will. Uh, but before we get into the meat of it, make sure to listen to our NFL episode that will come out a little bit later this week. Uh, some big news broke for the NFL, actually, as of the recording of this <laughs> episode. Um, so you're definitely going to want to tune in for all that good stuff um, when we get into the NFL stuff. So, uh, But let's get in right into uh, college basketball. Um, and the first matchup I want to start with is Arkansas and Gonzaga. Um, Arkansas coming off beating Vermont and New Mexico State. Uh, in their first two rounds, um, and Gonzaga beating Georgia State and uh, Memphis. And for both of these teams, a little too close for comfort in each of those four games. Um, it really, the the better team has prevailed, but it's been nail-biters all the way through. Yeah, and it's with Gonzaga, it's been, they played really good second halves, but they have struggled in the first half of the first two games because Georgia State hung around for a while. Absolutely. And I think Memphis had like, what, they had like a 10-point lead on Gonzaga at halftime? Indeed. And then Arkansas, I mean, the New Mexico State game, that was that was probably one of the, I'm not going to lie, that was probably one of the worst basketball games I've seen in a long time, yeah. in like my whole life. And the Vermont one, we just... Vermont was just a really good team, like I was worried about. Vermont's a very good team, and I'm very... Um, Glad we beat them, but I was was quite worried at that ending. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was definitely a scary game to watch. Uh, I, know, I know that uh, some heart rates were going up on that one. I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, but really, with these two teams, my thought is, like you said, Gonzaga has had slow starts all tournament, and they know that they can't do that against Arkansas if Arkansas is at its best. Um, but also, Arkansas's biggest issue to me has been J.D. Note's foul trouble. Yeah. How much he's had to sit on the bench in the second half in tournament games because he's had four mm. fouls to begin each half. You know, it, it's it's kind of it's bewildering, really, to have your best score sitting on the bench for so long. It really hurts. And Arkansas obviously knows that J.D. Note needs to clean it up because they can't have him sitting on the bench for that long. Yeah, we, we need him desperately against Gonzaga. But I will say, the way he's doing it is kind of similar to what happened to Moses Moody for the Razorbacks during the tournament last year. Was dominant all year, and then once we got to the tournament, he was kind of just kind of struggling at points. I don't know if he's just already got in his head that he's ready to go to the NBA. I don't, I don't know, but um, hopefully he gets it together because he, not only he's been doing that, he's did that the whole SEC tournament too yeah. against LSU, against A&M. And I think every single one of his fouls against New, Mex uh, New Mexico State was a charge. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, hopefully he gets it together. But to me, the matchup we got that Arkansas needs to watch out for, uh, like I said whenever we did our original one, the size of Gonzaga. They got Drew Timmy uh, and Shet Holmgren. We'll have Jalen Williams probably guarding Timmy because height-wise he has a better matchup there. But I've seen some stuff on Twitter. I don't know if you've heard. I was gonna. I was just actually <laughs> about to say this if you didn't. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead and um, say it. Yeah. I've heard that uh, the Razorbacks are warming up Connor Vanover to get ready to match up with Chet Holgram, which actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, seven three versus seven one there, and also it's not like Chet Holmgren's a super strong seven yeah, foot one. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Uh, you know, Vanover hasn't been able to play a lot because he doesn't have the physicality to play down low. But Chet Holgram really doesn't have that physical edge either. Both very thin guys, and Chet Holgram younger than uh, Connor Vanover, so you know a little bit there too. 
Um, so I, I actually like the idea. I think it makes a lot of sense. It's just going to be a matter of can Vanover rise to the occasion. And not only that, how can he step up on the offensive end? Because yeah. he's uh, last year he was just a sharpshooter from three. I remember the way he started the year, but this year, whenever he got to play in some games, just hasn't really shot the ball well. If he can get going offensively, along with trying to guard Holmgren and do well, look out. That's all I'm saying. Look out. Yeah, could could honestly be scary, um, but I think the matchup makes sense. Um, but with all that being said about this game, who do you got one in this one? Okay, so realistically, if I'm being honest, I would probably have to go in Gonzaga, but my bracket is already two shreds as it's already – thrown in my trash probably so you know i'm gonna have some i'm gonna go with arkansas i think connor can make an impact in the game specifically defensively like i said like i said it's all gonna come down to jd note if he has a if he plays better than he's been playing then we could be in good shape to win this one but it's also important how good of a start we get off to yeah. so i'm gonna go with arkansas with about like 60 percent confidence in it um I'm also going to go Arkansas in this okay. one. Um, I, I really don't see what could be different this time yeah. around for Gonzaga um, to just all of a sudden they don't have a slow start. We're talking about an even better, one of the best defensive teams yeah. in the country now. And before we're playing against Memphis, who no disrespect to Memphis, very good yeah. team, but not a team that was up in that upper echelon of uh, defensive pr- uh, prowess. Yeah, the main and, problem was that they're talent. They have a lot of talent. Yeah. It's just they haven't really got to work together. That's the whole thing with Penny Hardaway his whole time in Memphis. Absolutely. Um, you know, but had a lot of guys come through there that have uh, actually made it to the NBA even. Yep. And just hasn't been able to put it together um, on the court in Memphis. So I like Arkansas here just because I think that they can be the team to take advantage of a, a slow Gonzaga first start. And um, I think they'd be the kind of team to keep the pressure on them the whole way through. Yeah. Um, and not not uh, fizzle out. Okay. I, I like it. I like two for two on Arkansas. Yes, sir. Now, heading into our next matchup here, we got Texas Tech versus Duke. And uh, Texas Tech coming in, beating Montana State, and then a thriller against Notre Dame. Um, I won't say too much here, but, uh, you know, Texas Tech is certainly the better team, and I do not want to take away from them because they closed out the game well. But if we had kept the same whistle that had been called the whole game on that uh, pick and roll um, with Blake Wesley driving on the big, we win by 40. I'm sorry. <laughs> at the end of the game, he fouled. I mean, Blake Wesley was on the ground at the end of every offensive play. I, I don't know how that changed between three minutes and two minutes left in the game. Um, but Texas Tech on to face Duke. Cal State Fullerton and Michigan State were Duke's path to get here to the Sweet The Michigan 16. State game was was a really good game. All it the was way. a good game. Until the officials got involved. Yeah, until the <laughs> officials got involved and until Michigan State decided to take their to play the most passive basketball um, possible. Uh, you, I mean, they had to go for the throat here. Um, and so I, I think the, the, the game is this might be the best game of the Sweet 16. These are – Two very, very good teams. Um, And, you know, with Texas Tech, it's going to be all about that defense. And with Duke, it's going to be about their high-powered offense. Yeah, and also, and just experience overall, I think they said, like, the average age of Duke's team is, like, 
20 or something. And like the average age for Texas Tech teams, like 22. So, I mean, you add in that experience level along with that type of defense and the way Duke has played defensively as of late has not been great. You saw the amount of threes they gave up against Michigan state that kept them in the game and Texas tech, they can, while their offense is not the greatest in the world, they can, they can score uh, with the best of them and their defense can keep them in any game that they play in. So, I mean, it's a, it's an intriguing matchup. I'll probably give the edge to Texas Tech in this one solely because of experience and also overall, I think Duke's defense is where its downfall is. Yeah. And Coach K's uh, last season ends in a Sweet 16. Hey, I'm completely with you again. Um, you know, I everything you just said uh, about Texas Tech, great experience, great defense, and Duke's issue is their defense. Um, and you've seen at times this season – with Paulo Banchero, just how uh, how big his struggles can be sometimes, you understanding uh, the situation. Um, in the ACC tournament against Virginia Tech, there were just a lot of times where he made uh, turnovers on where he was just overwhelmed by pressure uh, from that Virginia Tech defense and, you know, making bad passes or just having the ball ripped right out of his hands. Yeah. And so, um, obviously, though, he is definitely going to be a, a star in the NBA. Um, the, he's still got some work to do, and uh, pressure can still get to him. Um, and so I, I think that's important, and I, I like Texas Tech in this one. All right. Um, that takes us into probably one of the more surprising matchups I have here because I don't know if I have – a single bracket that has these two teams meeting North Carolina. I mean the East region in general (laughs) Um, and UCLA. Um, I definitely had some brackets where UNC won, had some brackets where UCLA moved on this far, but I don't know that I ever had these two teams uh, meeting. And so UNC coming off one of the tougher paths to get to the sweet 16, beating Marquette and Baylor in overtime, a game that they probably should have finished in regulation. Yep. Um, and UCLA beating Akron and then St. Mary's. Uh, and so with UNC, I think the big thing for them is uh, don't lose Brady Manick again. <laughs> um, I think honestly that to me that was the biggest difference in the second half was pretty much Brady Manick went out um, extremely early. Had twenty six points. They were up by how much was. Was it 25? Yeah, something like that. I, I mean, and just to take him off the floor, Baylor uh, comes back. But I, I think we can both agree when we say that really what kept Baylor from winning that game is they just ran out of gas. I mean, it's yep. so much work to come back down 25 and take it to overtime. Uh, they, they just ran out of gas. So, you know, got to give credit to them for fighting back because you don't see a lot of teams in the second half of the tournament you know, last game of the season, you don't see a lot of teams be able to actually make that comeback happen. Um, but they just couldn't close it out. Um, and then for UCLA, they beat Akron and they beat St. Mary's. And St. Mary's one of the best defensive teams in the country. We talked about it coming into yep. this. Um, and, you know, to be able to overcome that and really win in kind of convincing fashion uh, the way that they did shows that, uh, you know, maybe UCLA from last year's tournament – making a little comeback run uh this year yeah um and so you know it'll this will be a, a fun matchup for sure yeah uh, i mean i look at it overall north carolina has played really well as of late for uh, i don't know what hubert davis has been doing did to end the season but they've been doing a great job 
Caleb Love, uh, R.J. Davis was on fire against Baylor. Yes. Uh, Armando Baycott, is that how you pronounce it? <laughs> I, I, don't I, I don't I, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it or not, but uh, that's basically their three-headed monster, and then you add in Brady Manning into it. I mean, that's a quality lineup for North Carolina. Pretty good size, pretty good scoring. But UCLA, I mean, you add number one, the experience they have from the Final Four run they made last year, well, technically winning the first four to the Final Four. Yeah. And then you add in the fact to me that this is a factor. There is not a single person in their lineup shorter than six seven, So that could cause some issues as well. I think I'm going to have to go with UCLA for this one. I think this will be a – like I would not be surprised if North Carolina won. I would not be surprised at all. Yeah. But – I'm going to give an edge to UCLA because their experience and probably just the overall uh, height and probably more depth of the lineup. Um, I'm going to take UNC okay. in this one, actually. I, I like the way they looked against Baylor, and I, I think that they've got some momentum, uh, you know, realizing that, hey, we beat the number one team in our region. We, we, can, we, we can make a bit of a run here, and I, I think they're going to be looking to make some noise. And I think it's going to be a thriller, absolutely. But I like well, we UNC have another twenty-plus point lead blown yeah. by UNC. Uh, hopefully not. Uh, if you're a UNC fan, um, our next matchup is one of the more intriguing matchups of the tournament: Purdue and Saint Peter's. Um, Saint Peter's making an absolute Cinderella run right now. Uh, they have beat the number two seed Kentucky and then the seven seed Murray State to make it here to the Sweet Sixteen. They own the state of Kentucky, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and Purdue has beat Yale and Texas. Um, and you know Purdue really uh played a thriller with Yale. Yeah. Um, which you know, no surprise here. We both were on the fence about that game. We did both take Purdue, I believe. Yeah, and you were talking uh, about how Yale is way should be higher seeded than yes. 14. Um, I think certainly they made a little bit of a statement in that regard. Um, but uh, they Purdue gets the job done. Uh, they handle Texas. And uh, really, <laughs> I, I, I'm just – I'm ready to see what St. Peter's has got because they seem to have had the answer for everybody right now. She boy. Um, you know, Murray State's up-tempo offense where they just spray in from three. Uh, you know, what 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 does Purdue need to do to win this game? They need to feed the big man. Uh, yeah. I, f- I forget what his exact name is. It's like, starts with an E, I believe, his last name. But he's seven foot four. I mean, that itself should tell you to feed the post. Because no offense to St. Peter's, they are not the biggest team in the world. Now, you know, you look at... Uh, Zach, Zach Eddy, that's his name, or I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't know. So um, but seven foot four, you look at it, and it should be he should have a dominant game. But we also thought Oscar Shibway would dominate against St. Peter's. You thought maybe Murray State could yeah. go and dominate against St. Peter's. And like I said, they have answered the call all the way through. So you know what? We're going to have a little history here. First 15 seed to make the Elite Eight. I'm going to go with St. Peter's in a little bit of a surpriser here. I like the way they're playing, despite them ruining my bracket on the very first on the very first night. Thank you, St. Peter's. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think that they've shown that they can answer about pretty much anybody's best from those two teams in Kentucky. I think they can do it against Purdue. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm with you on this one. Uh, I overall was 
I don't know, unimpressed with Purdue this season. I think in some of their biggest moments, they they did, lost a lot of close yeah, games that they couldn't come through. And St. Peter's has, like you said, answered the call time and time again. And you know, we talk about it. And Shibway had a dominant game, but his yep. dominant game had no impact on uh, on the outcome of the game. St. Peter's found ways to keep the ball out of Shibway's hands. He got two his he got two touches in overtime. First two plays of overtime, both he scores, and then St. Peter steps up. He does not get the ball again, and they close the game out. And so I think that they have the right strategy. It's going to be a matter of really, to me, Purdue has to feed him constantly. Yeah. They have to keep going down low. They cannot yeah. look for other options. I get you have Jay Nivey, and he's a good scorer, but seven foot four, you can't teach seven foot four. You yeah, can't teach that. You can't. So. Um, but I like St. Peter's here because I feel like Purdue's style isn't to play through the big man. Um, and so I, I feel like that's where that's what's going to hurt them. Um, with Arizona, our next matchup is Arizona and Houston. Um, and with Arizona, uh, they have one of the uh, probably one of the lead candidates for uh, most valuable uh, player in the tournament, whatever they call it, the <laughs> tournament MVP. And, uh, I think it's like most outstanding. Yeah, player, most like- outstanding player of the tournament. Um, and Benedict Marthurian. Um, this guy has been special uh, to watch this season, and that uh, that icy slam to close it out against TCU, uh, really an exclamation mark on what he's done so far this season uh, against Houston, who beat UAB, and, and then really gave it to Illinois. Um, you know, can't say enough uh, about what they've been able to do and really prove themselves yet again as a team that could make a run uh, all the way to this national championship. It feels like you're always counting on Houston to make a big run. Yeah, especially with Kelvin Sampson as head coach. Dude is dude has done a great job revitalizing yeah. Houston. You know, Arkansas tried to get him before Eric uh, Musselman. I was perfectly fine with that. Mm-hmm. But we went with Eric, which I'm not complaining about because we're in the same position. So, But, I mean, I look at it. I also want to get this out of the way. Arizona – and TCU, I, I have to say, I mean, your opinion on the call at the end of regulation. I need to get your opinion on that. The end of regulation. Um, was it a foul? Was it a flop? Boy, oh boy. I don't I don't vividly remember the play, but we'll say foul because I don't remember the play that well. <laughs> I'll give it that. It could have been a foul, but it also could have been slightly a flop. But let me clarify. Once it got to overtime, TCU lost the game. It wasn't because of the refs. They got out-rebounded yeah. in the overtime. That's why they lost. Absolutely. Just wanted that to be said. Uh, but I think overall, the the thing that Arizona has struggled with this year has been defensive rebounding. They have not been very well rebounding the ball on the defensive side. And Houston just always has a ton of big, uh, big guys. They really do well on defense, controlling the boards. And, you know, like I said, this Arizona team – at the at our original episode, they're young. They have a coach in his first year. Their oldest player is like a junior on the team, and he doesn't even play really. So I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Houston a little bit of an edge here against Arizona. I like Houston uh, to win it and move on to the Elite Eight. Uh, I, I think I'll I think Houston is gonna put up a fight here, but I, I like Arizona. Um, really, I think what the difference maker is gonna be is this game is gonna be close. It's gonna come down to the wire. And I feel like Arizona has that 
guy at the end of the game that they can trust and put the ball in his hands and get it done. I don't think that Houston is bad, but it feels like they don't have that one guy. guy. They don't have that one guy. They can just get the ball to, and they know he's going to get a bucket, like a DeMar DeRozan. He shoot it, it goes in. In this case, in this case, it's Benedict Martharian. I think that he's going to make a difference. I mean, just look at what he did against TCU. In the biggest spots, they constantly find ways to get him the ball and get him to score. And so I, I think that he's going to be the big difference maker, and I like Arizona here. Okay. Uh, our next matchup is a matchup that I absolutely despise, Michigan <laughs> and Villanova. Um, I do not like Michigan at all. Not the biggest Villanova fan because I don't really like Colin Gillespie, unpopular opinion. Um, but this is a matchup where Michigan has uh, kind of proven themselves a little bit. I will say that much. They beat Colorado State in a matchup that a lot of people picked them to win, not me. Not me. Um, and then they beat Tennessee, who was my national champion. Uh, heartbreaking. Um and they're going to go take on a Nova team that's beat Delaware State and Ohio State, who a lot of people didn't pick to win uh, in their first-round game. Ohio State put up a good fight against Villanova for the most part of that game. Absolutely. Um, but really, you know, I, I think, you know, the big difference in this game is, uh, you know, who makes the most difference for their team? Uh, will Hunter Dickinson dominate the game down low, or will Colin Gillespie dominate the game from the perimeter? And I think that really – is the big story of this one. Yeah, it really is. And also just the shooting of Michigan in the tournament. You talk about Colorado State. They were down double digits in the first half there, and they came out in the second half and missed like maybe one or two shots the rest of the game. And then against Tennessee, they just stayed with it the whole time. Whenever they fell behind something, they kept on fighting and fighting. And I think they could beat Villanova. I think they could and also maybe want a little bit of revenge for that 2018 National Championship game where they lost to Villanova. Probably. Uh, I just wanted to be, I called that one, but except I picked Michigan to beat Villanova. That was heartbreaking. Tough. But uh, I think this also comes down to coaching in these situations. Now, I'm not saying Juwan Howard's a bad coach. Obviously, he's in the Sweet 16, so, you know. He's a bad coach. <laughs> I'm not uh, afraid to say. He'll, he'll put up a fight, you know. I'll give him that. Uh, he'll put up a fight in the game, but overall – I think that coaching, and like you said, even though you said the matchup-wise, it makes sense. I think Jay Wright finds a way to out-coach Howard, maybe have a better system and a game plan for Villanova, and I'm going to go with the Wildcats. I absolutely agree with you. I, um, you know, Michigan's been a lot better than I thought they were, but at some point, luck has got to catch up with you, right? Um, you know, I'm sick and tired of seeing Michigan <laughs> win games because they shouldn't be in the tournament. That's just... That's really my biggest issue with Michigan's yeah. run this year is that that should be Rutgers or Notre Dame. Or, somebody somebody yeah. else. Or a and Yeah, somebody should have been that guaranteed 11, and Michigan should have been playing for a spot in. Um, that's just my honest opinion. Um, so, I like Villanova here. I think Villanova's a good team, even though I also don't really like them either. Uh, but, yeah, I agree with you on everything. Jay Wright is a, is a great coach. And, really, I think I, I honestly think that's the difference in this game is head coaching. I don't think players are going to matter at all because Jay Wright can get it done no matter who he's got out there. Um, and that brings us into our next matchup. Kansas versus the team that everybody picked against 
probably everywhere, Providence, because Providence had probably one of the worst conference tournament performances of any team in the, in the tournament. Yeah, imagine year. imagine picking against Providence. Who would, uh, who would do that? Yeah, who would do that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> me. Uh, yeah, um, also, also me. But, uh, I mean, the matchup itself is... It's kind of interesting. You know, you got to wonder with Kansas, they, I don't know if it's just me, but I've never, this season, I've never been like totally like over the moon impressed with Kansas. It's just been kind of, yeah, they're a good team. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would say that, you know, uh, again, in some of those biggest moments, Kansas hasn't really showed up. Now they split uh, home and home with Baylor in the regular season. Um, but, you know, overall, you never really felt like, Man, this I, I personally never felt like this team yeah. could win a national championship just off the way they played. Yeah, so that's why I'm going to go with a little bit of a shocker here. I'm going to go with actually with Providence to win against Kansas in this one. Uh, I just feel like Providence, even though they got their, their butt whooped in that conference tournament game, that like 31-2 to run, I think the playing in probably the toughest, one of the toughest conferences overall absolutely uh, helps them out here against the Kansas team. And I know Kansas has talent, but that talent, like I said, I've just never been fully impressed with them. So I'm actually going to go with Providence to win. Uh, I'm going to actually take Kansas in this okay. one. Okay. Um, I think the the big thing for me is that Providence so far has had to play Sandy or um, San Diego State, uh, South Dakota State, and Richmond. And while both of those teams made impressive runs to get to this tournament, um, I think the big thing that stands out to me uh, as far as this matchup is concerned is Providence hasn't really played anybody that I would consider to the level of a Big East opponent. That's um, a good point. Kind of the way they good were point. blown out in their Big East tournament. Um, and I think Kansas uh, obviously would be at that level of talent. And so I think that this step up in talent is obviously going to be a, a big spot for them to prove themselves against Kansas. But overall, I think Kansas's star power is going to overwhelm them a little bit. And uh, Kansas just knows sometimes how to get the job done. And Bill Self has done a great job. Um, and so I think that Kansas takes this one. But that puts us in our last matchup here. Um, and meteorologist's dream night uh, <laughs> matchup right here. Um, this is Iowa State, the Cyclones, versus Miami, the Hurricanes. And Iowa State and Miami, two of the more impressive teams to make it thus far. A 11 and a 10 seed. Yeah, we've got, just I, like we all predicted. Yeah, I actually did predict you, this You did predict bracket. a 10 seed, yeah. So I predicted uh, Miami to get this far, and I had Iowa State beating LSU, but I could not have foreseen them taking down Wisconsin um, the way that they did, really an impressive game there. And Miami did exactly what I thought they would do the whole way through. So I love <laughs> to see that. Love to see me be right about at least one thing this tournament. Because if you looked at my bracket right now, or you go back and listen to the episode, <laughs> you're probably thinking I'm an idiot. You probably you probably think we're both we're both <laughs> we're both idiots. I mean, it's just it's 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 March. Come on, yeah. Um, <laughs> but Miami. Just really overwhelmed USC, and and like we said, really it, USC was going to have to go down low. Um, the issue, really, with Miami and with Iowa State that teams have had is their shooting. Yeah, phenomenally, especially Iowa State. That LSU game. Yeah, they um, were something they I were on never, point. Yeah, that, that you just can't <laughs> even 
uh, put into words just how well they were shooting. Especially that, that three to seal the game. Yeah. I mean, that sucker was from deep. Very <laughs> deep. And it was a step back. Um, it, it was a very impressive performance. Um, and it's going to be hard for me to make a decision here because yeah. I have enjoyed watching yeah. both of these teams in the tournament. This is probably the toughest one for me. I know that there's been other games that have been kind of difficult to pick, but this is this is probably the toughest one to pick for me because they're both have performed above expectations. Well, except for Miami for yes. you, you predicted that one, but uh, I look at it this way, you know, with Iowa state still, you know, one of these teams, if they both go out and shoot the ball, well, you know, we're in for probably the game of the tournament potentially, mm-hmm. but I don't think they're both going to go out and shoot the ball. Actually, I'm going to go with Miami to win this game. I just think overall, uh, while they're both shooting the ball well, and while they've both been playing really well, I think overall Miami is the better team here. Yeah. And um, I'm going to go with the with the Hurricanes over the Cyclones. Unfortunately, I think the same thing. Um, they're not. There weren't a lot of times uh, when I was making my brackets where I thought, "Oh man, Iowa State could go to the Elite Eight. You know, if I ever had them making it to the Elite Eight or further, it was just." goofing around at that point just trying to make something different happen yeah there are a lot of brackets where i had miami in the elite eight um you know this team to me i thought with the way they played in the acc tournament um you know narrowly losing to duke uh to close out their acc tournament um i i thought that this team had some potential and this team could make some noise and so I got to go Miami here because I still think, I mean, obviously they've proven that and then some beating USC and Auburn, two teams ranked higher than them. And Auburn, a two seed on the same level as Duke. Um, so I really like the way Miami's looked and uh, I, I like them to go into the Elite Eight here. Um, and with that, we close out our little bracket. Well, hold on. I want to get, oh. get one more thing. You know, while we got thing? this, I want to hear your final four teams from this week 16. Oh, my I want, goodness. I want to hear your final, final four teams. I mean, we got down to the Elite Eight from this. Let's hear your final four teams. Come on, man. Oh, boy. You got to hear it. Um, so so we can hear if these predictions are off as much as our original ones. I picked Arkansas versus Texas Tech would be the Elite Eight yeah. matchup. So the winner of that game. It's okay. You you can do it. Just you can say it. All right. Uh. I'll take Arkansas. Hey, um, and then that leaves me with it was UNC, UNC and Saint, Saint Peter's. <laughs> what a matchup that would be! No, we ain't. Go ahead and give me Saint Peter's. Okay, uh, just because I want this to be either as wrong as possible or as right as possible. Um, okay, I like it. It's all about having fun here. That leaves me with Arizona versus Nova. Give me Arizona. And then Kansas versus Miami. Give me Miami. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, that would probably be the um, lowest average seed uh, well, I think, Final Four. I think ever. the lowest seed ever to make Final Four is like a 12 seed one year. So 15 seed to get there. Yeah. Uh, mine, uh, I have to go Arkansas. They got to Sweet 16. There's, there's no... Preferably, I would like for them to face Duke and be the ones that end Coach K's career. That would be a dream. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Arkansas. And then in mine, as fun as it would be to go with St. Peter's, I'm going to go with St. Peter's. I'm embracing yes, it too. Uh, and then Houston versus Villanova. Uh, I think it's where Houston's run ends. I'm going to go Villanova there. And then I have Kansas or I have Providence and Miami. I'm going to go with Miami as well. I like Miami. I think Miami really can make the final four from here. Absolutely. I think that they have a, they, they've proven that they can make that kind of a run. 
So, uh, I completely blanked there. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's going to close out our episode here. We got our final four for you. We got our sweet 16 for you. Um, Completely wrong, but we've got it picked nonetheless. I'm Austin Hill. That's Austin Waiter, and we want to thank you for listening.